Welcome to episode 11 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast with yours truly, Ryan Corey. Uh, it's been a busy few days of uh, wrestling with the website. Um, had it crash yesterday, but got it back up. But uh, these kind of things I always take as opportunities to, uh, you know, reevaluate, you know, the priorities with the website and what kind of folk or what kind of content we focus on. And um, it's really been uh, apparent the last uh, two, three weeks that, um, my own personal interest, and I think that of uh, the people that are following this story, are, are really getting into the the podcast that we're doing. Um, and as such, I'm, I'm looking for ways to, to better organize and display and track the episodes. And uh, one of the metrics that just started coming in uh, really surprised me: um, just how much interest there is, um, even at this pretty early stage. So like I said, we're 11 episodes in. Um, but just in the last three days, uh, we've had almost 200 downloads. And um, even more interestingly is that uh, about half of those are coming from the U.S. Uh, I saw this once before with the, the podcast I previously had, uh, the Adventure Cycling Podcast. A lot of American interest. And uh, apparently there's a lot of people intre- or listening, which is great to see. Um, so I, I mentioned this not out of ego, but to uh, more to validate the direction that we're headed, you know, in this bikepacking uh, Wild West. And, uh, you know, now now my, my selfish request to, to everyone listening is, um, especially those that, that listen through iTunes, um, good or bad, uh, I, I'd really appreciate it if you could uh, leave a review, a uh, genuine review, good or bad. Um, you know, each of these episodes takes three to four hours to put together. Uh, there's the interview, which is usually an hour, uh, editing another hour, and uh, another hour on top of that for, for uploading and uh, getting the word out. So there's there's some uh, blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it, and always appreciative of uh, the feedback we get. Um, so yes, my selfish request is please leave a review on iTunes. Um, the reviews help to draw in new listeners. And, uh, well, you know, like, uh, like in grade school, sometimes it just feels nice to see a few stars besides, uh, the work you put out. Um, next week, uh, still pinning it down for sure, but next week, uh, I'm going to have Ward Graham from Bar Mitz on. Um, he is the, the, the founder, the, the creator of Bar Mitz. Uh, the caveat being here is that he, he said that if the powder is good in Carson, Nevada, that we may have to reschedule. So he's a bit of a powder hound. Um, and in that case, uh, if we can't get Ward, um, we might be getting a very personal Q&A from the Icefields uh, Parkway. Um, again, I, I head out on uh, that bike pack scout this weekend, uh, heading out from Canmore to Jasper and back. And uh, fortunately, the, the weather window looks like it's been going to be pretty good, actually. It's, uh, we've got a huge dump in the, the Bow Valley here of snow uh, the last week, and temperatures have been pretty chilly, but uh, it's only supposed to get better, which is great to see. Um, my interview today is with Rick McFerrin. He and his wife, uh, Tanya, founded a group called Two Wheel View in Calgary. Um, and it, I had a ton of connections with Two Wheel View uh, this year. It, it, it felt like we were stalking one another. Uh, so some of them that, that come to mind here, uh, Justin Chadwick, who is one of the co-organizers of the Hurton Albertan. Um, he also runs tours for uh, Two Wheel View. Um, he brought them up in conversation. Uh, we have uh, Molly Bennett. I, I believe that's her last name. I apologize if I butchered that. But Bennett from... Um, 
Well, she was working at Patagonia in Calgary at the time, who I did some bikepacking 101 talks for. She is now uh, working with the organization, I believe, full time. And then I did some talks from Mount Royal University and, and ran into a couple, um, couple of the students that volunteer for the organization. And we'll hear a bit more about what they do in a sec. And uh, I think lastly, was at the Alberta Bikes Conference. I, I ran into a couple of their staff. So uh, we, many, many interactions over the year and, and, and this podcast just uh, seemed inevitable. Uh, my connection to, to Rick uh, was, was at a keynote that I gave for the organization uh, a couple months ago. Um, and I didn't know who he was at the time, but uh, him and uh, a couple of his very well-adjusted sons came up and uh, chatted a bit about uh, my story and their own personal cycling stories. And uh, I don't think it was until after the talk that I realized that uh, they were the family behind uh, the organization. And uh, yeah, with, with that long-winded uh, approach, let's get into it, Rick. Thank you for coming on the, the podcast today. Hey, thanks, Ryan. Good to hear, hear you. Cool. So you said that uh, we're calling you at uh, home this morning in Calgary? Yeah, or- that's right. Actually, I'm at the office. I biked in this morning, as you mentioned in your intro. It's uh, quite snowy here today. Yeah. All right. So what, what's your commute like? A half hour, hour? Is it pretty short? Pretty short. Uh, it's only about 15 minutes, and I get to use the cycle tracks here in uh, Calgary, so not too difficult. And I, I, I can't remember where the city stands on that stuff right now, but are they plant, plowing those cycle tracks? Yeah, the I'll give them a thumbs up for keeping the cycle tracks clear. For, uh, I'm not the only one out there biking, so it's good to see. Cool. Well, the, the most obvious question, I think, and where to start for, for those that don't know is uh, – what is two-wheel view? So uh, two-wheel view is uh, it's just kind of evolved out of a passion that Tanya and I developed for, for biking. Um, let's say two-wheel view uses the bicycle as a tool to build resiliency in youth. So we, we do two main programs. One is a earn-a-bike program where we teach kids basic bike mechanic skills and also just some... Uh, skills around community and and uh, leadership, self-esteem. And at the end of that program, they earn a bike, a helmet, and a lock. And we also have a bike trip program where we take kids on uh, extended overnight bike trips here in Canada and abroad. Excellent. And uh, when you first came up to me, um, you were talking about uh, some recent trips that you've done and I think in another upcoming one with the family. But I, I get the sense that the the organization sprouted out of the earlier trips that you did uh, with with your with your wife is that right? That's right. Yeah, it's um, I guess when you talk about bike packing, like Tanya and I, twenty five or almost twenty five years ago, set out on our first bike trip, and we didn't call it bike packing then, but we were we were wearing hiking boots and borrowed some gear and went to New Zealand for a month and cycled around and figured it was a good way to travel and came back from that trip and then five years later decided that we should uh, quit our jobs and take our bikes around the world. So we, we uh, spent two and a half years biking through close to 50 countries and traveling the world by bicycle. And really uh, it, it changed our lives and the way we kind of see things and interact with people. So when we got back from that, that's, that's kind of when the uh, two wheel view got started. And, uh, 
I can't remember how old your your kids are, but they came in after the the that trip around the world. That's right. Uh, our oldest boy, Samson, who is now close to sixteen, he was our he was a souvenir of that trip. We came back, and Tanya was pregnant, and <laughs> we started our family. And yeah, we had uh, we have three boys, ages uh, twelve, fourteen, and fifteen right now. And yes, we continued traveling with them when they were four, six, and eight. We actually took a year off and like from Calgary down to Mexico City and back with our kids. Wow! So it's uh, we continue to live the live the dream, I guess, of two wheel view. Yeah. So the uh, just trying to think here. So when you left your jobs, what were what were you doing uh, before you started cycling around the world? Yeah, uh, Tanya was an elementary school teacher. And I worked as a kind of a program manager for a, for another charitable organization that did uh, outdoor education and leadership programs for youth. Okay, so the the idea of uh, two wheel view is not a, a stretch then, as far as making that happen. It sounded like the roots were already there. Yeah, I think what the reality or what the kind of aha moment was, like after you bike around the world for a couple of years, you get back and you say, "What now?" and just given the opportunity to kind of match or pair my experience and working with kids in the outdoors. And also I have a background in business management from an educational point of view. So I, I put those together and that's, that was how two wheel view got started. Gotcha. And, and uh, so since it's, since it's beginning has the, has the kind of core objectives of the organization changed much or is it, you know, has it always been the earn a bike and the, the bike trips? I think it's, we're still very much uh, aligned to what I thought it'd be 16 years ago. Just, you know, giving young people a chance to see the world differently. And we do that through our, through our earn a bike program and our bike trips. Okay. And uh, when, when you got that going, uh, were there any other organizations doing, you know, similar work that you were modeling yourselves after? I think there's a, there's a number of really awesome bike groups out there. We, we work closely with a, a group in the United States called Trips for Kids, which uh, kind of has a program that gets kids out on mountain bike tours, day trips. So we've worked closely with them over the last 15 years just to um, add additional offerings to the youth that participate in those programs and then um you know the with earn a bike programs and community bike shops we we partner and we collaborate with a number of groups just to be you know more successful in the work we do gotcha so let's maybe break down the 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 individual programs tell us about um how does how does one go about earning a bike so um, Earn a Bike, it's, it's a program we run here in Calgary four days a week. Um, students come to the program once a week for eight weeks during the after-school hours, typically. It's a two-hour program. They, they register for the program. It's free to them. And we will offer them a, a healthy snack and usually an opening circle, just kind of get them talking about how their day was and what's going on in their life. And then we get into the, the bike mechanics. Um, one of the first sessions of the eight-week program, we just strip bikes. So we get a lot of bikes donated to the organization that we can't use or, or aren't able to be repaired. So we use them to uh, just 
teach kids basic uh, use of tools and how bikes are put together. They do that by taking it apart. So we call that bike stripping. That's usually our first first week. Then throughout the second, third through eighth week, we we touch on different parts of the bike, like uh, brakes, air, chain, drivetrain, things like that, so that they get used to uh, repairing and fixing their bike. At the end of the pro, and then after eight weeks, um, you know, they have a basic basic knowledge of how their bike works, and we're able to. Uh, uh, ask them what type of bike they would like, and we're of the bikes we get donated, we pick out you know, bikes that they can use, and they they burn those. And would it be safe to say that the the programs aren't necessarily exclusive of one another? Like uh, I'm assuming that you know, as as one of the kids works their way up through the the earn a bike program, that ultimately you know the the next step is to go on one of the 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 trips that you run. Yeah, that. We'd like to see more of that. We are starting to see that um, with some of the trip offerings we do here in Alberta. So we'll have uh, kids that participate in our program during the winter or spring, and then by June or July, they're able to to join one of our trips. So yeah, it's a it's a great uh, great way to get kids involved with bike mechanics and also the just get them on a trip. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm assuming your reach is, is it mainly just around Calgary or do, or do you extend beyond the city? For our earn a bike program, we do our primary market is here in Calgary, but we also do some programs out in, in Morley and Eden Valley, just west of uh, Calgary. Gotcha. The, the Morley is an interesting piece. Did you originally approach uh, them or did they come to you? How did that relationship come all come about? Yeah, I, I can't recall the, the beginnings of it, but we've been working with the Morley Community School for the past, uh, I think, four, four years. We started out there just as a basic uh, school day program, introducing the Ernabike program. And now it's uh, evolved into uh, what we call our full cycle program, which is where the students are earning high school credit for participating in the earn a bike program as well as um, getting an opportunity to go on a bike trip okay. after the program. So the, the for those that don't know or are not familiar with the region, we're talking about the uh, Stony Nakoda uh, land, which is at, it's pretty much between where I am in Canmore and where you are in Calgary. And Morley is um, kind of the main town right in the the Stony Nakoda Nation. Do I have that right, Rick? Yeah, that 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 sounds right. So yeah, Morley Morley Community Schools on the the reserve there, and also Eden Valley. Okay. So, so my own selfish curiosity: um, what is there? Is there any? Um, I'm trying to choose my words here. Is it? Do you approach the the earn a bike program differently with the kids in the city versus uh, the kids in Morley? Like, are the programs a carbon copy? Um, are the results generally the same? Like, I'm I'm curious. Like, you know, a young kid in Stony Nakoda there. Like, how do I, I'm wondering if they look at bikes. Uh, in a different view than, you know, kids in the city, right? Like, do they see bikes as a form of recreation? Like, how do they view, you know, the the, the value of this kind of program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think what our approach has been to more or less adapt our program to the communities where we go, where we work. So whether it's a urban 
urban city kids or or kids out in Morley. You know, I think our program we want it to be meaningful to them, and we you know we we work with community leaders, volunteers, teachers, et cetera, to kind of find out what what works in each of the areas where we go. In terms of differences, I'm not sure, like, you know, out Morley, for example, we we call it the full cycle program and we touch on uh, different things on, like with the bike trip, we want them to have the opportunity to visit some traditional places on their, in their community and, and have an opportunity to be outside and, as part of the bike trip program from there, they bike from Lake Louise back to Morley. And it's always interesting to see like the, the number of kids that haven't really been out of their community that much. So giving them a chance to do that is, is pretty huge. And when they get back to Morley, we see the whole school come out cheering them and welcoming, welcome, welcoming them back home. So that's awesome. I, I think where I was, where I was going with that a little bit is, and and I'm I'm not as educated on the subject as I'd like to be, and I'm trying to get someone on the podcast. It is, but you know, there's there's a big push around environmental reconciliation uh, right now um, around the the native lands and and people, and I think that was kind of where I was going with that conversation. Is like how do you you know how does a kid in Morley view the bicycle versus you know uh, your typical you know white kid in the city, right? That uh, might have different opportunities and maybe a different outlook on life. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'd say it's, you know, I can't, I, I would just say that, you know, I think all kids can enjoy a bicycle. And I remember when I was a kid, just riding around, it gives you a sense of freedom. So whether you're a kid in Morley or a kid in Calgary, you're just going to enjoy that opportunity to, to go places and do things you you maybe hadn't done before. So, you know, what we're, what we're hearing from teachers out in Morley is like, and the principal, we heard that, you know, more kids are showing up to school on their bikes. So for, you know, providing a means of transportation, it does allow them to, to get, get to school. So that's a good thing. Great. Now, you know, as, as a, as the founder uh, with your wife of this, of this organization, but also as a father, what would you say, that you've experienced as far as the value of um, being bought a bike, which is the case for most of us versus earning a bike. I think anything you earn, you probably have a little bit more, um, you just respect it more and you know how to take care of it. I think it's important that um, there's some, you know, there's some buy-in and there's, there's, uh, you know how to take care of it, things like that. So earning a bike, I mean, it's interesting though, when we talk about our earn a bike program, when we ask the kids what they like about it the most, we rarely hear that it's about the bike. What we hear is it's a way to, you know, they get to hang out with their friends and they get to, to meet interesting people and do new things. The bike is kind of just a secondary, but in reality it becomes very, it becomes a, you know, a tool to get them to work or to school or get them around town. Yeah. I remember the the talk that I gave in 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 Calgary there. I remember one of the groups. Um, I wasn't sure if it was from 
an Erna bike or from one of the trips, but uh, it was it was fun to see how excited they were to to see each other all again, and it was like a little reunion, and they're all hugging and taking pictures, and it was very obvious that it, it wasn't just about yeah. you know here's a bike and that's it. But uh, right. actually, maybe that's a maybe that's a good segue. Like, uh, tell us a little bit about the the trips for kids that you're running. Yeah, so um, you know, I think just to back up what you just said, you know, it is about the community and about you know, meeting people and doing things with other people that you would normally do. So with our bike trips, it's it's a great way to travel. It's a great way to see people, meet people, and see different things. So I think part of the, you know, bike trip component is just just that. It's like, give, like our name, Two Wheel View, it gives you a chance to see something different from the seat of a bike. Yeah. And what what are the specific tours that you're running right now? Yeah, so we do tours in Western Canada, which would include trips from like Drumheller up to BAM. We also do trips from Lake Louise back to Calgary. And we've uh, also doing a bikepacking trip down in southern Alberta near Camp Impiza with Scouts Canada. So those are Alberta or Western Canada trips this summer. We also offer trips in Quebec. We uh, have a couple of different routes out there, one from Montreal to Quebec City. We also do an Eastern Townships trip. And last year was last year we uh, introduced a new route that started in Montreal and went down into Vermont and then back up into uh, Quebec. Okay, and these are, these are all the, the trips for kids, right? There's, yeah, is, there's yeah, an but, adult program too, isn't there? Yeah, we also offer trips for adults where adults will pay their own way to join one of our trips. And we run those trips in Argentina as well as Quebec. And we also offer student trips in Argentina and Norway and and Quebec as well. So, you know, over the years, I've just been able to pick some of my favorite places to travel. And we've developed uh, good routes there where we have uh, solid local connections, interesting uh places to visit and kind of off the main tourist route. So it's a good way to see new places. Where, where, where in Argentina do you go? Our trip there is in the northwestern provinces of Salta and Tucumán. So I'm actually leading a group of, uh, I'm taking a group of adults there in a few weeks for a two-week tour where we, we begin in Salta and then bike up into uh, a wine region near the town of Cafayette. And then we cross over a mountain range at about 10,000 feet and then drop down into some jungle near uh, San Miguel de Tucumán. Cool. I uh, I don't remember all the places I visited, but uh, yeah, my own selfish interest again. I was thinking about my trip down to down to Argentina. And I, I remember my, my recollection of Argentina was a, a snowy mountain pass going up from uh, Chile over into Argentina. Um, and then pretty well, all of Argentina, my experience was uh, wide open farmland uh, or grazing land and very windy. But it sounds like your experience is a little different. You, I yeah. met, it sounds like you're more on like kind of the, yeah, the wet northwest, you said. Yeah. And I think I remember hearing about your trip down south there and you did it in about, you know, number of days or months yeah. whereas our, <laughs> we, we don't cover the distances quite as fast as you so uh, 
Yeah, it's one of the kind of funny things about the talks. Like um, people almost expect me to remember every town that I went through. And I I have to kind of explain to them. I'm like, you have to understand, like I covered, you know, some countries in, in like days and like, you know, a week, right? Like uh, this... This wasn't a, necessarily a stop to smell the roses uh, endeavor. So, yeah, so uh, our trips are are very different than that, but um, we're still riding a bike, and I think our trips we cover anywhere from like fifty to seventy kilometers a day. So I'm guessing you had that done before you even had breakfast. It's so. <laughs> not far from the truth, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, so you got the 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 adult programs, which which they're paying for, uh, great, and so I. I didn't fully realize that the kids programs they're they're covered then fully. Um, it, we yeah, I mean we work with kids in various uh, in various ways. Some some trips kids will pay their own way to go. Other we also have uh, um, spots on trips where we're able to sponsor sponsor those kids that wouldn't otherwise have the money to afford a trip like that. So majority of the kids that do come on trip. We offer them uh, some fundraising activities or things like that to help cover the cost. Or we work with uh, local uh, service groups or companies to sponsor them. So again, we're open to all kids. And depending on the trip and the location, we, we either are able to fundraise for those trips or find sponsorship dollars to uh, cover the expenses. And uh, where does the Duke of Edinburgh's uh, award fit in fit into all this? Like, are, are the trips uh, part of that um, uh, criteria to meet the award, yeah. or it, does the Earn a Bike play into that too? Um, yeah, we we've partnered with the Duke of Edinburgh program for a couple of years now. To um, one of the requirements of getting their uh, bronze, silver, and gold is to do an adventurous journey. And as you could imagine, like taking a two-wheel bike trip is pretty adventurous. So for kids that are involved in the Duke of Edinburgh program, if they come on one of our trips, they're fulfilling that component of their award. So um, we're working more closely with the Duke program now to um, kind of uh, create a trip experience for groups of youth that are involved in that program. So our Badlands to Banff, trip is an example of that. So the students out in Drumheller uh, that are part of the Duke of Edinburgh program join our trip. They go on a 10-day trip to uh, fulfill some of those award requirements. So they're involved with like daily trip planning, food preparation, um, take on leadership roles during the trip, things like that. So it's a, gr- it's a great, way to, great way to combine two different programs. Yeah, it's it's a pretty special opportunity. I, I remember when I was a part of the program. Jeez, um, I don't remember how long this was. This was back in early. Oh, jeez, I don't remember at all now. Because I got my award quite a few years after. But you know, I remember for my uh, expedition, we went up to none of it and um, hiked up through this uh, glacial uh, valley, um, just a very unique experience. And then at the end of it, um, you get to meet a member of uh, the royal family, which is kind of one of those once in a lifetime uh, experiences. So you're helping to facilitate that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We had a number of students that got their gold award last year that um, did their adventure, adventurous journey through two wheel view. So that's yeah, very, uh, it's a great program. And 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but are, are you are you one of the highest employers of the Mount Royal Ecotourism Program these days? <laughs> I don't know the stats on that. We certainly uh, would like to get to know those folks more, and we do have a number of um, interns and staff now that have been through that program. So it seems like a good feeder for, for the type of work we do. Yeah, where did, where did that relationship start? I think it's uh, just evolved, just uh, kind of grassroots through some of the people that found two wheel view that they were familiar with the Mount Royal program. So we don't have any, uh, I'd say formal, um, connection to them other than we're, we're here in Calgary, but it's a, an area that I think we could work on more. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, for those that don't know the, the eco tourism and outdoor leadership program, which, which I graduated from is, is part of the Mount Royal, uh, now university, uh, in Calgary and, um, you know, very much like two wheel, uh, view there's, there's opportunities to partner with local organizations to fulfill, um, various requirements. So in the eco tourism program, you have to, uh, there's various mentorship opportunities. And I imagine where that's where some of the, the volunteer, uh, interns and whatnot, uh, you get those people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of neat to see all the, all the little connections. Uh, and I I only, I only got to experience it for the first time this last year, but, uh, yeah, when that floodgate opened it, it was, it was amazing. You guys are quite connected all over the place. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we, we got the, we got the, the gist of what the program's about, um, how it started, uh, the different things you got going on. I, th- I want to get into a bit more of kind of the meat of uh, the origins of the story. So um, cycling around the world, well, I, I know it was you and your wife to begin, but what has it been like, you know, because I'm kind of personally invested in this type of story too. What has it been like, uh, you know, riding with, with, with your sons? How has that evolution been from, you know, your first trip to, to where you are now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I really appreciate you coming out and speaking to our group a couple months ago and hearing about your story, biking with your dad. And and I think with uh, Tanya and me and our three boys, like being a family and having the opportunity to have that experience together has been, been a huge part of our family. I mean, like I said, Samson was a, our oldest boy was our kind of souvenir from Tanya's and my original trip around the world. And our kids grew up knowing those stories and meeting the people that were part of that story because we've always had a very uh, open house for travelers, um, having people at our dinner table that are travelers or people that we've met along the way. So as our kids grew up, they were used to hearing these stories of us, you know, biking through Southeast Asia or up through Central America, things like that. So when they were four, six, and eight, we had the opportunity to uh, take a year off and, and bike with them. And it wasn't hard for us to do that. We just said, yeah, let's do it. And we jumped on our bikes here in Calgary and cycled west towards the coast and then south down into Mexico and or to Mexico City and back. And at the time, they it seemed like the right thing to do. And I remember you know, thinking about my four-year-old or he turned five on the trip. It's like, wow. He spent a quarter of his life on a bike already, and he's only five years old. So that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, after that trip, we it just became who they are. And we're also 
thinking now about the the next adventure. But just a great way to be a family, and I feel fortunate to have had that opportunity to be with our kids, you know, 24/7 at that time in their life. So now, as as the the kids get older, do you are you still trying to do things as a as a whole family together, or do you you know, you take one kid one year and the next kid the the next year? How do you how do you how do you work that? Because I imagine it gets gets more challenging as as you know kids are in studies and um, you know there's various work commitments and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, we uh, we prioritize travel with our kids, so. Actually, we, we still travel together as a family. Every summer, we try to do a canoe trip together or a bike trip together. Um, we're actually planning our next adventure, which uh, we're leaving. We're going to take a trip starting in August of this year, biking from northern Europe and Scandinavia down through eastern Europe and eventually ended up in uh, Southeast Asia and Japan. So... Those are kind of our, that's our next big trip that we're planning and the kids are excited about it. They actually said they wanted to take two years to do the trip. And I said, well, it can only do it for a year. So let's make the best of it. So. Yeah. So is it safe to say then that the kids are, are homeschooled then? Um, they will be. Uh, we call it travel school though. So they're, they're currently go to regular school here in Calgary and they've been successful in, in their in regular school, but when we travel, we we work with the Alberta Distance Learning Center and other homeschool programs to make sure that they stay at grade level and get the get the kind of core subject work that they need to do. So uh, when you when you're on the roads with with your kids, uh, you know, I'm just trying to find all the comparisons to the the trips with my father. Like, what what kind of what kind of lessons stand out to you, or maybe anecdotal stories uh, that are tied to that? What, what, yeah, what lessons stand out to you over over the years that you've done it? Yeah, I think it's just like watching how our kids interact with other people. Like anecdotally, I'd say you know, just looking people in the eye and shaking a hand or greeting people pleasantly, saying hello and thank you. Just like important life skills or social skills when you're when you're interacting with other people i think that they've also developed a a big tolerance or resiliency towards like you know when things don't work out the way they're supposed to it's going to be all right i mean i can remember times when we were biking in mexico with our kids and it would get to be late at night and we couldn't find a place to camp and for whatever reason tanya and i are not comfortable staying one place or another so we just kept going and going and it was getting dark and we we realize like, wow, we got to find a place to sleep. And just, uh, you know, knowing that the kids, they probably didn't even know that we were uncomfortable, but giving, you know, once we found a place to camp, setting the tents up and then just going through with the normal routine, like we're going to eat dinner we're going to have food and then we're going to read a book and go to bed. So just giving our kids the comfort of a home, whether we're traveling or not, is that's a big, big lesson. So, we see that still, like even at home, the home is a place that they are and that the family is and their friends are welcome, they're safe, things like that. So I think there's lots of lessons on the road. Now, one of the things I remember from the, the early years, like junior high, coming back from some of the trips I would do with my father was it seems 
you know, rather commonplace or, or normal for what we were doing, you know, once we were in it and once we were completed it, it was just our day-to-day routine. But I, I remember coming back, um, you know, and everyone talking about their summer vacations and things they did. And it, it became very, um, you know, apparent very quickly that this was, this was very unique. Uh, now I'm curious, like with your, your boys, when they're back in more traditional school setting, how do you, how do you find their peers react to the kinds of things that you're doing with them? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's become who they are. Like I see there are projects coming home that are showing up, like they had to do a family portrait. And I think all three of our kids chose a family portrait and we're all on bicycles. And my youngest boy, Tarn, he'll, he'll talk about traveling with his teachers and and I think they're excited for for him for I mean they're excited that he's done that. They all they also know that he'll be traveling again. So I think their peers see them as, you know, that it's not that unusual. I guess Tanya and I have been like when we traveled around the world the first time, I remember our parents thinking like we were crazy. And they're like, Wow, you can't do that. But then when we did it took a year off with our kids when they were young and bike they're they're thinking like oh, they're not that crazy but you know they'll they'll manage and now with us thinking about the next trip there's we've been given a lot of um i guess this social license to do what we want and live the way we do and i think it's uh it's a great great lifestyle and people respect us for it people also say you know it's not they would never do it, but they're they're happy to know that we can. And what, why do you think they say they would never do it? I don't think everybody is like as comfortable with unknown or as um, eager to uh, to get on a bike and ride for a couple like for a year. So, and I don't see that biking's the challenging part. I think it's people are challenged by the idea of like you know well, where do you sleep and where do you find your food and how do you deal with school and things like that? And I guess we've, we've learned those lessons and we know we can do those things. So now it just becomes part of our lifestyle and getting on a bike and riding it and seeing new places is, is what's important to us. Excellent. So remind me again, how long has uh, two wheel view been around for? So it's been around 16 years, 16 and yeah. are you pretty heavily involved in the, the day-to-day, or are you yeah, kind of I, step back from I, that? No, I'm uh, I'm very involved day-to-day. I'm the executive director, and we have a full-time staff of five people now and then several part-time staff. So I'm definitely involved and will continue to be involved. And your your wife, uh, Tanya, is, is, is she involved also? She's only involved on the home front. Um, she runs her own day home business and, uh, certainly gets involved on trips when she can and involved with some of the trip leader training. And she also participates in our volunteer mechanic workshops that we do every other week. So, gotcha. So as you head into, well, not, you're not quite there, but as you come up on, uh, you know, two decades, what, what's, uh, you know, do you, do you see the, the organization, evolving much getting better at what it's already doing like where where's two wheel where's two wheel view headed over the next couple of yeah, years i definitely see uh we've we've got a lot of potential i mean we're working with hundreds of kids every year and we're we're 
giving kids an opportunity to do something new. We're, we're getting strong support from uh, the city of Calgary was, as well as provincial government to continue to do our programs because it, you know, it's uh, building resiliency in kids. It's keeping kids in school. It's giving kids an opportunity to uh, develop some leadership skills and build self-esteem and uh, active and healthy lifestyle choices. So these are all important things that we see happening today. So, yeah, I, I see two of you certainly being around and continuing to grow its program and reach well beyond Calgary. So uh, I'm excited the- about that. Cool. And the the funding piece that you mentioned, is is that mainly coming from, from government, from private donors? Where, where, you know, where, yeah. how, where do you sustain yourselves yeah. from? Yeah, we have a mix of funding. So it comes from, a, like I said, from the city of Calgary as well as the provincial government. We also have a foundation support and individual donors and corporate donors. So it's a, it's a mix of uh, revenue or income that we get to support our programs. And that you know we we expect that to continue. Great. Now I I've, I've seen you teasing something on Facebook uh, recently. I'm not sure if you're able to talk about it, but it looks like there's uh, some something being built, something going on behind the scenes right now. Is that something you want to chat about? Yeah, we are moving into a new location in Calgary where we're going to have our office and shop space program space all in one location so we're pretty excited about that um we took out a five-year lease on a building right in sonalta which is in downtown calgary or close to downtown and our move-in date is hopefully the end of this month oh so, excellent yeah so, so you said kind of all in one so the 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 earn a bike uh, program and the the, the other kind of associated programs they're they're not necessarily run in one location then no um probably didn't mention but yeah our earn a bike program we operate those in 16 different communities throughout calgary during the school year but with this new space that we'll we'll be able to do earn a bike programs right there on location and expand our program to uh, to you know just do more so so yeah, our hope is to have like a kind of a bike shop, school, or um, I guess just call it a, a learning lounge with bike stands and tool stations and a place where we could bring in groups of ten or fifteen youth to uh, do weekly weekly bike mechanic programs. Excellent. And where are the kids learning about this? Like, how, is it kind of a word of mouth uh, thing, or do you, do you promote it in the schools? It's uh yeah we promote in schools and it is a lot of word of mouth. We work with what we call our champions, so uh, school principals, school teachers, community leaders. That those are the people that know us best, and they reach out to the kids they work with and and invite us to to work with them through our program. So it's that's that's our main way of getting the word out. Awesome. Well, I, I I appreciate uh, the time here, Rick. I, I I didn't know exactly why I wanted to talk to you until I did a bit of research, but I knew there was something there. And um, you know, I was thinking back to um, you know, as we alluded to the the trips with my father and I going across Canada, and you know, I, I started later in life than I think some of the kids that you connect with. But you know, just the just the effect that it had on me and in, in, in teaching me to 
um, you know, as you said with with your boys, you know, know learn how to look someone in the face, uh, how to talk to strangers, and um, although it's it's not necessarily uh, bike packing specific in the backcountry, I, I think it's a it's it's an interesting two wheel story, and um, it's it's I think it's important because you know our main audience is is adults, uh, you know, thirty and over, and I, I think it's it's always good for us to recognize uh who's coming up the ranks and uh you know where where those kids are, are learning about uh the adventure from two wheels so i appreciate the the good work that the the organization's doing and um i i noted the the two trips you've got coming out this way this year so i think you have um is it two trips out to banff um we actually have yeah there's there's uh two or three trips out towards Banff and several other trips, but you can certainly look on our website to see what those trips are. Okay. Yeah. I'll see if I can connect with the group as, as they come through. Um, so, so, so yeah, I I appreciate the time and and thank you for, for doing the good work you're doing. And, um, I look forward to staying in touch to see how, um, you know, maybe there's some opportunities to do, um, some more backcountry uh, type, uh, tours as, as we, as, as we get to know each other a bit better here. Sounds good, Ryan. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, where can, remind us, where can listeners go to to learn more about Two Wheel View? So our website is uh, twowheelview.org, all spelled out. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much. This has been uh, episode 11 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Cheers.